Let's get into God's word this morning. I want to introduce this message uh, by um, letting you know two things that, I, that came across my heart uh, in preparing for this word. Uh, when I turned 50, I, uh, I, I was at one point in time when I was 40, from 40 to 50, I was getting an annual physical, the medical uh, uh insurance that we had at that time covered a, a, a full workup uh, annually that was for free. And so I would get this uh, annual physical and everything would always be fine. And then when I turned 50, boy was I surprised when toward the end of my physical, the doctor puts on a rubber glove and he says, uh, you're 50 we're required to do a prostate exam. And I go, no. Can I be 49? <laughs> no, we got to do this. Uh, and so, uh, yeah. And then he said, not only that, but we have to send you for a colonoscopy. How many hate colonoscopy? You got to drink that stuff? Oh, nasty. Seventeen, oh, about 17 and a half years ago, almost 18 years ago, uh, when God called us here uh, to Belmont, the ministry we were from in New York was an independent work. We were not, I was not part of the Assemblies of God. I was not credentialed or ordained with the Assemblies of God. And so uh, when I came here, uh, the superintendent at that time, uh, they, they were gracious to me in such a wonderful way. They, they, worked, they decided, we're going to ordain you, Carlos, so that you have Assembly of God credentials, but we're also going to require you to take a couple of classes and a test. Now, I hadn't taken a test in probably about 30 years. And I'm like, what kind of test? On the Bible. I'm like, seriously? Yes. And I, I tell you, I started studying for this thing. I was like, my God, what if I failed the test? The, even the courses, they weren't difficult. It was just, man, I, I, I've gone back to school in over 30 years. Well, what I'm getting at is there are times that we're required to do things that may or not be pleasant, but they're necessary. Taxes. Does anybody here like to pay taxes? <laughs> That's why we have a prayer meeting, to pray for deliverance. <laughs> Nobody likes to pay taxes, but I mean, no, they're required. And they're necessary. Because without the taxes, we can't have the, the services that help us to have the society that we have. Uh, there are experiences in life that while they're not pleasant, they are required, necessary. And the Christian journey is no different. I'm going to invite you to turn to the Gospel of Matthew with me. We're looking at chapter 14 today in our journey uh, through the Gospel of Matthew, this series called Kingdom Principles that uh, we've been uh, uh, just asking God to help us navigate through this incredible gospel. And remember, once again, let me just reinforce, kingdom principles are 
uh, uh, spiritual guidelines that need to uh, govern our life, that our life should be structured around, uh, that in order, uh, when we do that, then our life will be pleasing to God and our life will also be blessed as well. So they are critical that we understand these kingdom principles. And they're called principles because they don't change for anybody at no time. They apply to all of us all the time. So in Matthew chapter 14, let's look at verse 22. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Yours might be different, but uh, you can follow up on the screen if you'd like. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. Let's pray. Father, we come before you now. And, and in these next few moments, I, I pray, God, that you would help me to share the words that you put in my heart for all of us this morning, oh God. I pray for the empowerment, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Lord, to com communicate these simple truths and transform them into the living word that can penetrate into every single one of our hearts, Father. There where it can bear fruit, 30, 60, and even 100-fold. In Jesus' name. And everyone say it with me. All right, let's recap what we have just read. It started out by saying immediately, uh, and Jesus had just fed uh, over 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. The miracle of feeding over 5,000 people with only five loaves and two fish. Remember last week we were talking about mustard seeds, how mustard seeds are small and may seem insignificant, but they have the potential to have great growth and, uh, and to be used greatly by God. Well, here's this, this was a mustard seed moment where Jesus takes five loaves and two fish and feeds over 5,000 people. And right after that 
miracle happened, which the disciples all witnessed now, Jesus insisted that his disciples uh, now get into the boat and go to back to the other side while he dismisses the crowd. He never told them how he would catch up with them, uh, but he sends them on. They go. He goes up to the mountain to pray. And then during the night now, the disciples uh, encounter this storm that suddenly comes up and it impedes their progress because of the strong winds that are against them. They really can't make headway, even though most of them are experienced fishermen. After several hours now, three o'clock in the morning, Jesus now comes and he is approaching them on walking on the water. They see this person coming and they think, obviously, it's a ghost. Like, this can't be a human being because no human being could ever walk on water. Uh, but Jesus immediately said, no, it's, it's me. Take courage. In other words, don't be afraid. It's me. Uh, and Peter now, he comes up with this brilliant idea. If it's really you, give me permission to come on the water. I mean, suppose it really was a ghost. And the ghost said, yeah, come. <laughs> but yet Peter had this thing inside of him that he wanted to affirm this was the Lord. And to do that, he said, I need a miracle. Lord, give me permission to walk on the water like you are. And Jesus said, okay, come. And Peter starts walking on the water. But all of a sudden now, he takes his eyes off of the Lord and he starts looking around and he sees, the Bible says he sees wind. Now, nobody can see wind. It's invisible. But he's seeing the effect of the wind and the waves. And all of a sudden now, fear comes into his heart and he begins to sink. But Peter is wise enough to cry out to God and say, Jesus, save me. And Jesus reaches out and, and grabs a hold of him. And he said, why did you doubt, Peter? Why did you doubt? So they get in the boat. All the other disciples begin to worship him because they realize Jesus is really the son of God. Now, our focus today, I've titled this message, Required Experiences. Required experiences. Uh, because there are experiences that every single one of us is required to, to go through in this Christian journey. And they're not pleasant, but they are necessary. And the required experience that you might have already concluded, we're going to talk about are storms. Now, to help us understand what we're talking about here. We're not talking about an actual physical storm. We're talking about uh, a storm is an event that is, uh, makes our spiritual progress difficult. An event, now the event can be physical, but the purpose of the, uh, of the storm is to make our spiritual progress difficult. Uh, a great example of that is obviously COVID. Uh, nobody saw this thing coming and all of a sudden it's here and it comes to the point where it rages so much that everybody has to shut down and all of a sudden now we are all, we've all were 
and have been and still are challenged spiritually to continue to make spiritual progress. How do you make progress when the church was totally shut down? What do you do? How do you serve God? How, how do you uh, continue to progress and grow spiritually when you can't even gather together anymore? That became and still is a storm that developed. Now, I have to pause here and say this. Sometimes we experience storms because of disobedience. We're not talking about those kind of storms, right? We're talking about there, there's a storm that can come when you are, are, are in a full obedience and then there's storms that come into your life see, that, where all hell breaks loose because you've been disobedient to God. So that's not the storm that we are focusing in on today. Notice that the disciples encountered the storm because they obeyed the Lord. Jesus told them, get in the boat and go to the other side. So it wasn't that they were in disobedience. They were, they were obeying the Lord. And it's important and critical that you get this now. Listen, obedience to Christ does not exempt you from storms. So often, I hear Christians uh, get bent out of shapes uh, in, their, in their heart because they thought, if I'm serving God, this is not supposed to happen. In other words, something happened in there like a storm came up. Somebody maybe got sick or they all of a sudden they, they unexpectedly lost their job and now they're in financial difficulty. And then, but I'm serving God. I, 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 I'm tithing. I'm giving faithfully uh, even to missions. This is not supposed to happen. And we, we have this mentality, erroneous mentality, that if we are serving God, we're not supposed to be dealing with any storms. We're exempt. From storms. But that is not the truth of the gospel. No, in fact, here's our kingdom principle for today. Storms are a required experience of the Christian life. If you want to serve Jesus Christ, you better get with it. You better understand. You better have it settled in your spirit. You will experience storms. There's no doubt about it. In fact, the, gospel, the book of Acts, Paul said, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of heaven. There's no getting around it. There's no sugarcoating it. If you want to serve God faithfully, you better understand. You better get used to the fact that there are going to be periods where there are storms that will come into your life. It's like, listen, if you live in Florida and think, well, I'm living in Florida and I'm in, and I'm in Miami. And, 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 but you know what? Because I serve God, I'm never going to experience a hurricane. Really? Listen, if you want to live in Florida, you better understand hurricanes are a part of life. You will experience a hurricane when you live in Florida. When you serve Jesus, you will experience storms of one form or another. Are you with me so far? Okay. Remember now, these unpleasant events that we're going to experience are orchestrated by God. Did you think that Jesus didn't know about the storm? Sure he did, he's God. There are storms that you and I are going to encounter that are actually orchestrated by God, that God allows so that he can bring about his purpose in our life and gain glory. 
So having said that, I want to share with you just a few thoughts this morning about storms that just uh, should encourage us uh, from the word of God that we're looking at here in in this text. Number one, listen, the Lord is coming to get you through the storm. The Lord is coming to get you through the storm. The disciples were in that storm for hours, uh, trying to make progress, fighting the wind and the waves. And uh, there are times where storms rage in our life, and they may come for a season, meaning they may come not just for a day. It may be here longer than a day. As we know, COVID has been here now longer than a day. We're still involved in that. And I can't tell you when your storm is going to come to an end. I can't tell you how long it's going to last. But here's what I can tell you. That the Lord is coming to get you through the storm. The disciples, think about that for a moment. Picture it in your mind. These guys are out on the lake in the middle of the night. It is pure darkness out there. They're fighting the wind and the waves. Everything is gloomy all around them. They can't see Jesus coming, but he's coming. He was walking toward them, but they couldn't see him until he got to the point where now they can see something, but they thought it was a ghost. See, you may not see him coming right now, You may be wondering, where is the Lord in everything that's going on in my life? But I'm here to tell you this morning, Jesus is on his way. Jesus is coming to get you through the storm. Here's the second point you need to know, that Jesus Christ is Lord over your storm. In other words, he has the power and the authority over your storm. He walks above it. He's unaffected by it. He has that kind of power. Uh, in fact, here's the interesting thing. Uh, could you, Kirby, uh, whoever's back up, Jonathan, I'm sorry. Could you put up, uh, let me go back to my ver- uh, verse 27. Yeah, put verse 27 back up. I want you to see something here. Notice Jesus said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. The literal Greek where it says, I am here, it says, I am is here. Now, in case you didn't get this, when Moses went to the burning bush on the mountain and and God commissioned him to go deliver his people, Moses said, what's your name? Who should I send to send to me? God said, you tell him I am sent me. So Jesus is using the same wording, the same phrasing here to tell the disciples I am is here, meaning God Almighty is here. You don't need to worry about the storm because God Almighty is here. The one who rules over heaven and earth is here. Storms are a required experience, listen, because we need to see, we need to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord over all storms. That's one of the reasons why we experience storms. It's easy to say Jesus Christ rules over everything. It's easy to say to somebody, Jesus is Lord over your storm. He has power and authority over your storm if you've never been in a storm. 
If you don't know what it is to have somebody that has a loved one who is battling cancer, you don't know what they're dealing with. You, it's easy for you to say Jesus is Lord over cancer. Yeah, it's good. you can say that. And that's a true statement. But when your loved one is the one going through that, oh, do you say it with the same conviction? That's one of the reasons why God allows storms in our life. Because we need to see, we need to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord over all storms. <coughs> Excuse me. Here's my third point. We need a word from the Lord. We need a word from the Lord. See, when, when the Lord speaks to us, that's when faith is birthed in our hearts. In other words, the Bible tells us that, thank you, that, that faith is not an emotion. Somebody sometimes, well, I believe, and what we're saying is really, I hope. I, I have this emotional a positivity that I, I think God's going to come through in this storm. But that is not faith. Hope is not faith. Faith is your spirit's response when God speaks. Unless God speaks, you cannot have faith. So Peter now, notice, he's in the storm. Jesus is saying, take courage, it's I. And Peter now says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Notice, Peter did not get out of the boat and, and say, okay, God, I want to walk on water. Keep me. In other words, Peter did not do something foolish. He didn't do something rash. There are times, especially when we are encountering a, a storm, when we're in the middle of a storm, where if we're not careful, we why to try to do something that's rash, something foolish, and then we expect God to save us. But Peter did not move until he got a word from the Lord. When God gave him the word, come, then faith was, was born in Peter's spirit to now come, and he began walking on the water. I want to encourage you, if you find yourself in a storm, don't do something rash. Don't do something foolish and expect God then to back that up and expect God. Faith is not you doing what you want then expecting God to come through. Faith is, I'm waiting for a word from God. Because when God speaks, it can be no other way. And so that's what faith is. Faith has this ultimate trust and reliance on who God is and what he says. Faith is anchored on a word from the Lord. Faith is anchored on a word from the Lord. Why? I, I'm in a storm, but I know God's going to see me through. Well, how do you know? Because as I prayed and read my Bible, God spoke to my heart. See, now I can walk on water. What does that mean? It means my spirit is not adversely affected by the storm that's raging around me because I have a word from God. 
When you have a word from God, it quiets your soul, even though everything is raging all around you. You hear what I'm talking about this morning, church? This is why the more you find yourself in the storm, the more you got to get along with God and say, Lord, I need a word from you, Lord. I need a word from you that will enable my spirit to be unaffected by the storm that I'm dealing with. Why? Because of this kingdom principle that storms are a required experience for the Christian life. And, and so we need to have that those experiences. And part of that is so that we can learn how to go to God and trust in God. Wait on God. Don't act. Don't move. Trust in the Lord and wait until you get a word from him. Now, number four. We do need to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Fixed, focus on Jesus. Notice Peter gets out of the boat and he does start to walk on water. He does start to experience this miracle. But then he turns his attention to the storm. Why would he do that? He turns his attention to the storm and now, the more he's fixed on the storm, all of a sudden now, doubt comes into his heart. And he lost that focus. Doubt comes into his heart. And doubt, when it's birthed in the soul, in the heart, it questions God. That's what doubt does. Doubt questions God's power, God's authority over the storm. Is God really going to save you? Is God really going to come through? What, that was crazy, believing God for that. And all of a sudden, when doubt begins to fester in our soul, it always, 100% of the time, produces fear. And fear sinks the spirit. Whenever you and I have fear, it is because doubt has come into our heart. We've been processing and thinking about everything. And now we've convinced ourselves in our minds that it's not going to work out, that things are not going to go well. And now we are afraid of how this thing is going to end up, that it's not going to end up good because we can't see how it's going to end up good. And our, our faith now is sunk as Peter sank in the waters. And here's what I love, though. Even though he began to sink, Peter was wise enough to cry out to the Lord. You see, this is what the grace and mercy of God is all about. That even when you and I falter in our faith, we can still cry out to the Lord and he will hear us and he will answer us. And immediately he grabbed Peter and saved him. Pastor Joey, would you just come here to the front? I, wanna, I want you to just uh, use you for a quick illustration. You can say right there, right there. That's fine. He, he is Peter. I mean, he is a good looking Peter, right? One clap, buddy. Uh, uh, <laughs> Peter is sinking. He cries out. And Jesus grabs him and saves him. This is how close Peter was to Jesus. Think about that for a moment. 
This is how, he was walking toward Jesus and he got this close and he started to sink. And you know what that teaches me? It doesn't matter how close you are to Jesus, any one of us at any time can sink. Thank you, Pastor Joy. Any one of us. You say, well, I would never do that. Peter did. Has anybody here ever had the faith to walk on water? Peter had that faith. But you see, when you take your eyes off Jesus, all of a sudden now, you begin to falter in your faith. And it doesn't matter how close you were to the Lord before, you're still going to go down. But if you're wise, you learn to still cry out to the Lord. And you'll see his mercy where the Lord still grabs him and still saves him and will get you back into safety, into the boat. Any one of us at any time could waver in our faith. That's another reason why storms are a required experience. Because it's to prove the genuineness of our faith. Whether we like it or not, the truth of the matter is, if we're honest with ourselves, we all, beginning with the speaker, we all have a higher uh, regard for our faith than we actually have. In other words, we think we, we are more f uh, full of faith than we actually are. And when God sees that, that's when God says, I got to order up a storm. See, because Carlos is thinking he's got faith, but now I got to show him that he really doesn't have the faith that he thinks he has. Or at least we're going to test it. Look at the scriptures with me in 1 Peter in chapter 1, verse 6. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials. Come on, say that with me. Many trials. One more time. Many trials. That means many storms, many hardships. Not a few, many. For a little while. Verse 7, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So here the apostle Peter, uh, you know, the guy who walked on water back when, he's the one that's saying, you're going to go through many trials. There are going to be a lot of storms in your life. And one of the purposes for those storms is so that it can prove that your faith truly is genuine. When you go through the trial and your faith is genuine, it means it doesn't waver. It means you didn't falter at all. You trusted God through the storm and God got you through to the other side. Uh, so brothers and sisters, we don't like to be tested. Everybody wants great faith, but God wants to make sure that the faith is real, not superficial. And by superficial, it tends to be more emotional. Where all of a sudden, I believe, I believe, I have faith until the storm comes. Then we're not so sure. And then if it lasts longer than what we anticipated, 
And now we thought it would be a day or two, and now a week has gone by. And now we're entering a month, and it's still here. I'm still struggling with this thing. Is our faith still as strong as it was before the storm started? That's what the storm proves. That's what it tests. And that's why storms are necessary. Because when you are faithful, when you have the genuine thing, it will withstand the fire. It will be able to withstand the storm. And when you'll come out, you realize, thank God, I I didn't falter and waver. And if you did, you'll be able to say, God, I didn't have the faith that I thought I had. I realize that now. See, either way, God's purpose is fulfilled. Where the faith is genuine and you are stronger by it, where you demonstrate that your faith is weak and you go to God and you realize, I need God for you to work in my heart because I don't have the kind of faith that I thought I had. And that's a good thing to to recognize where you're at spiritually because you can't grow unless you understand where you're at. If I don't know where I'm at, I don't know where the next step is. And so spiritually, it, it's not a bad thing. It's not terrible when all of a sudden you realize, man, I, I, don't, I don't have the faith that I thought I had. It brings us back to God so that we can get the grace that we need and get along with God to get the faith that we need to be in the right place with God. Pastor Jason, if you would come back. Lastly, Jesus will calm your storm. He got Peter back into the boat, and the moment he got into the boat, the Bible said the storm stopped. I thank God for that, that no storm is forever. Sometimes we feel that way, don't we? Sometimes we feel like, my God, when is this ever going to end? I don't think it's ever going to end the way it is. But there is an end, an appointed time where the storm will come to a close, where Jesus will calm that storm. And when it does, like the disciples, let's remember to worship the Lord. Let's remember to acknowledge that he truly is the son of the living God. Stand with me, would you please?